Hi, I'm Morgan Goulet, a licensed marriage and family therapist. I work as a therapist in private practice and also serve as a clinical trainer for a nonprofit organization where I develop curriculum and provide trainings to staff and the community. My hope with this podcast is to decrease stigma around mental health and substance use and encourage a more open and honest conversation. We're all human and we've all experienced our own struggles, so let's talk about it. And I'm Whitney Hodak, a working professional in Los Angeles, California. I struggle with my own mental health and I'm just curious about mental health in general. On this podcast, I'll be the layman to Morgan's expertise. This podcast is an exploration into common mental health issues. While Morgan is a trained and licensed therapist and the advice and conversation may be useful and relatable to you, your own personal experience should be advised and guided by your own mental health care provider. Welcome to Emotional Curiosity. Today, uh, we're going to be talking about loneliness. What a fun topic. <laughs> Very uplifting. <laughs> um, so let's, uh, let's talk about what loneliness actually is as compared yes. to maybe some other things. Yeah, I think we all probably have maybe an idea of what loneliness might be. Um, but the definition of loneliness is a state of distress or discomfort that results when one perceives a gap between your desires for social connection and actual experiences of it. So you don't necessarily have to physically be lonely. It's more of that. This is the level of connection I'm wanting. And this is what I'm actually getting. And there's a gap between that that causes some dissatisfaction. Oh, that's very interesting. So as you mentioned, uh, you don't have to be physically by yourself to feel lonely. Yes. I mean, you certainly could be by yourself, right? And that could cause loneliness. But there are also plenty of people that, you know, are surrounded by friends, family, live with roommates, whatever it might be. um, And they can still feel incredibly lonely or even just in social settings. You know, if you're out at a party, you're surrounded by people, but you still feel very alone. Right. Um, so how do people identify this feeling as compared to I'm feeling uh, depressed or I'm feeling social anxiety or things things like that? Yeah, that's a good question because they can go hand in hand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think particularly with depression, you know, lone or like isolation can be a symptom of depression where you isolate or withdraw from others and that could cause you to feel lonely which can then cause you to feel more depressed and it's kind of a cycle or you might feel lonely because of your lack of quality relationships or lack of social interaction and that could also cause you then to feel depressed so um, they can go hand in hand um, but they are different because loneliness doesn't have a lot of those same symptoms as depression would, um, unless you are also experiencing depression, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but loneliness is more just focused on the quality and like the type of social interactions that you're having and your um, dissatisfaction around that. Um, and same for social anxiety. Social anxiety could cause you to experience loneliness because you don't go out into social situations or you have a lot of anxiety when you are, so you're not really engaging in what you feel to be meaningful connections. but that is different than that loneliness part. That's kind of like an added part that comes from or could come from social anxiety. So I kind of always figured that if you're lonely, like you're depressed, um, but it sounds like maybe those two can also exist independently of each other. Yeah. I mean, there is definitely higher rates of loneliness um, among people that are depressed or and vice versa, more higher rates of depression among people that are lonely. Um, so they're often tied, but they don't 
have to be, right? Um, and I think the thing with loneliness too is that it's not necessarily something that's um, pervasive like for a long period of time. So it's not like a chronic thing always. Mm. It could be due to circumstances um, or changes that have recently happened. Um, so it might not always lead to depression. It could be more short term. Mm. So how would a person know if they were lonely? Um, I think that the main thing is really like reflecting on if you're feeling down or, you know, um, like you don't really have anyone to turn to, like what those feelings are focused around. So depression, we're going to be feeling a lot more like, obviously, depending on the person, but um, sense of like worthlessness or really tired or, you know, all of those symptoms that we've gone over before versus loneliness is really more focused on I am not having the types of interactions or I don't have the types of relationships that I want, whether it's that I don't really feel like I have a social life or the, the relationships that I do have, I don't feel like are meaningful. They're kind of really surface level and I don't really feel like I have a connection with someone. It's going to be more focused around that and less around kind of your mood and your sense of self-worth and, and a lot of those other things that go along with depression. Okay. So you could be like content basically, um, from like a, um, happiness level, I guess, but feeling like there's something missing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, and how, man, that sounds hard to fix <laughs> as an adult. That sounds hard to fix. It's like, go make new friends, go make good new yeah. friendships. <laughs> yeah. Making friends as an adult is really hard too. Yeah. And I think not just like making friends, but those quality relationships, right? You can have a lot of acquaintances or people that you talk to at work and get along with, but making those like meaningful connections becomes just harder and harder the older you get, mm -hmm. um, especially if you, you know, move or, you know, you've leave, you leave where you grew up. Um, it can be hard to have those. Yeah. Cause we like learn too much. <laughs> yeah. We know not to trust everybody. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But some of the things that, like I said, um, loneliness can be more short term or temporary, I guess. And so some of the things that commonly can cause that especially later in life um is like moving to a new place mm. um if you're starting a new job um even if you just move to a new neighborhood right like especially i think like in la or some, a place similar to la mm. you could move somewhere and move into a new house and it's like this great thing but now you're an hour away from your friends right um because everything takes so long to get to in LA. Yeah. Um, so then you don't see them as much and then you can start to feel like that sense of loneliness. Um, even though you're going through this thing, that's really exciting, you know, getting a home or whatever it might be. Um, obviously physical isolation as well, but that can be a little bit, you know, more long-term depending on the circumstances. But like, obviously during COVID, a lot of people experienced increased loneliness because you literally couldn't interact with people yeah. um, or potentially the people that you could interact with, you didn't feel like you had those meaningful connections with. Right. I was going to ask um, with your client load at the moment, is that something that you've noticed a lot of increase in just general loneliness 
I mean, definitely during like the height of the pandemic, right? Like when we were more in the quarantine stage of things. Mm -hmm. um, Yes, a lot of loneliness. And I think I also maybe not like loneliness, but I definitely kind of towards the end started to experience like I need other social interaction, right? Like love my husband, but I need to like see other human beings. (laughs) Yes, we are a social creature. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So um, yeah, definitely saw a lot of that, um, particularly for my clients that live alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but even for my clients that, you know, that don't, they were experiencing kind of those same sort of feelings of like, okay, I do have a meaningful relationship with maybe the person I'm living with or my family if I'm living with them. But I like am going a little bit stir crazy and I need more connection from other people. Yeah. Nice. Diverse. Diversify your uh, intake on social interaction. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Um, another thing that when I was doing some research I found interesting was that even before the pandemic, um, there has been an increase in loneliness, particularly around younger generations, uh, which is interesting because usually you tend to see loneliness with like older generations or and like, you know, during life transitions, maybe some of that. But um, there was a 2019 survey that was done that showed that 25% of adults between 18 and 27 reported having no close friends. And then 22% reported having no friends at all. Oh, no. Yeah, which is a pretty high number for 18 to 27, which is generally a very, you know, social interaction, a lot of social interaction. You're in college, you're meeting people, you know, you're surrounded by friends typically um, a lot more. So I just found that um, interesting. And was there any explanation? Uh, I'm going to just blame social media. <laughs> that was one of the reasons. Yeah. It was kind of, uh, you know, explaining that obviously with the increase of social media and just like the way that we do connect now being more virtual, like through texting and all of those things that there's still you may be having interactions with people, but the quality of those interactions isn't necessarily the same. So you aren't maybe creating those like deep meaningful connections Mm. with friends so maybe you have you know 10 friends that you hang out with on the weekend but you don't really have those connections with them and so they still feel like I don't really have close friends or they might not be you know really going face to face with anyone if they primarily interact online with people and how I mean, I guess that's the difference um, in our generations of like how we create a, a meaningful connection that makes us feel not mm-hmm. lonely versus whatever's happening with this younger generation. So what, how does one create a meaningful uh, relationship with mm-hmm. somebody? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously it can vary, right? There's lots mm-hmm. of different types of relationships, but if you're wanting to seek meaningful relationships, I think the first step is to try to interact or engage with people who have like similar interests on some level. Right. Mm. So whether that's like volunteering with the cause that you feel drawn to or joining some sort of like hiking club or going to, you know, like dance classes or whatever, you know, Mm. something that you're interested in. If you put yourself in a situation, even if you don't interact with anyone the first couple times, you're more likely to meet someone that you at least like have that one common interest. Right. And that can then help to build a relationship and eventually develop a meaningful connection. um, If you're kind of have that, that starting point. Right. And, you know, be genuine, be your authentic self. Yes, absolutely. um, Sometimes I think people in an effort to like move that relationship along will 
feel like they need to share intimate details about their <laughs> lives or things like that. Like, yeah. what is what is your perspective on how much to share, how often, when, new relationships, all that? Yeah, I mean, that's, like, very nuanced, but I think that you don't want to just, like, um, <laughs> kind of lay everything out on the table, right, the first time you meet someone that can be overwhelming for someone else to take on. But then it's also like really just kind of you're not respecting maybe your own boundaries mm. um, because you don't really know this person. And so I think obviously everyone has their own level of comfort with how much or how little they want to disclose about their their personal life or their history. But I think trying to be genuine to like yourself and if you feel that you're sharing things just because you feel like that'll help you make a connection, mm-hmm. maybe try to pull back a little bit and focus more on like, how can I just like learn more about this person and, you know, spend time with them versus trying to like force a, a deep connection because that will eventually come with time if that relationship continues. Mm, very smart. Um, I want to head in a different direction for a moment. Let's do it. Um, sort of going back to the definition of loneliness and because as you mentioned earlier like for a while at the beginning of the pandemic like you were fine Mm -hmm. and then it was like not fine anymore (laughs) (laughs) I gotta get out (laughs) and also like for me I I like to be alone a lot Mm -hmm. um but there's probably a point when that crosses over into loneliness versus solitude or solitary behavior (laughs) um what what is the difference and when does it become a problem? Yeah, so I think that it again, it, as far as it becoming a problem can depend on the person. Mm-hmm. But loneliness is when you feel that like discomfort. You want social connection, right? You want to be out with people. You want to have meaningful relationships and you don't mm-hmm. or you feel like you don't. Um, where solitude or choosing to be by yourself is voluntary, right? You like spending time alone. You kind of want to do your own thing um, and you can enjoy that, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think it can be, everyone has their own levels of that, right? Where there's some people who never want to be alone, which can be problematic on another level. Mm. Um, And then there's people who want to be alone all the time. Um, It's hard to like say that you to say like, well, you should only be alone X amount, right? Mm -hmm. Because everyone is different. But we inherently, like you said earlier, are very social creatures. And so I think it can become problematic if you are not fostering any relationships with anyone else, right? Even if that's just occasionally spending time with people or talking on the phone or whatever that looks like for you, Mm -hmm. you know, because we do need to interact with others. Um, But everyone has their own like level of what they consider like an appropriate amount of alone time. Um, and that's a good thing to have that alone time. Um, Cause like I said, if we kind of go to the other end of the spectrum where we're never alone, then that can be uh, a whole other host of issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of like, we need to be around other people. What is that doing for us or the lack of that presence? What does that do to us like mentally? Yeah. So, I mean, it can of course go into like a level of depression, um, social anxiety, obviously like on the extreme ends. 
Um, but what I found really interesting when I was looking into things is like, we think about obviously the impact on our mental health if we're alone, especially for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. And we don't really have those relationships to then go back to if we choose to. Um, but there are also a lot of physical um, health effects as well. So um, some of the things is that you're at increased risk for heart disease, for type 2 diabetes, um, arthritis. Um, there's typically a decline or decrease in your memory and learning. Um, lonely people are actually two times more likely to develop Alzheimer's, um, which I found really interesting. So, I mean, just a lot of different health issues um, and chronic loneliness can trigger um, our body basically to produce more stress hormones, which can then negatively impact us, can cause us to not sleep as well, um, decrease our immune system. So there are a lot of physical effects of loneliness um, or just really not having like any relationships, even mm-hmm. if we feel like, well, maybe I feel okay, maybe content um, if we aren't having any sort of interaction or we don't have those relationships that we can go back to when we are craving social connection, then that can really impact us in a lot of ways. Mm. And what about like when you're feeling fulfilled in that department? Does that, I mean, obviously, I guess you don't develop that, those negative um, physical attributes, but what about like mentally, you're probably getting like some endorphins some serotonin Mm -hmm. feeling good (laughs) yeah um i mean we can feel fulfilled like on our own right and like i said those are all good things and some people have a higher threshold i guess if you want to say uh for for spending time alone but yeah we do get a lot of those like positive things in our brain like you said all those endorphins and we get to kind of like experience things in a way that we wouldn't if we're just by ourselves, which is beneficial for us. So it doesn't mean that you have to like have a social interaction every single day. Mm. But if you have no relationships that you can connect to or that you feel like you can connect to when you are wanting that or craving that, then that's where the negative side can come in. If you notice that you're wanting and craving it, uh, I mean, it seems obvious, but like... (laughs) you should find some ways to like reach out to people Mm -hmm. or recognize like if you have those people and you're just not reaching out. Yeah. And that's the big thing too. When people are lonely, they actually tend to have a harder time like seeking that companionship. Um, And part of it is because if you are lonely, you tend to have more of like a negative bias around social interaction. So you tend to like, feel like you're going to experience more rejection or feel like it's going to be a negative experience, which causes Mm -hmm. you then to not engage or engage in a way that maybe recreates that (laughs) environment, right? Mm -hmm. Um, People that have, um, are experiencing loneliness also tend to pick up on like potential rejection more easily as like a defense mechanism, right? So they may perceive an interaction as a rejection or a negative interaction when it really wasn't intended to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can cause us to then just kind of like further isolate ourselves. So yeah. it's like this unfortunate cycle that we're in. Yeah, definitely. Um, since I have a tendency to be like a, a fairly independent person, mm-hmm. um, I recently had this conversation with somebody because I... I did reach out because I needed to talk through something 
but I knew my hesitation sometimes is like, I'm prepared to talk about this right now. Like yeah. if you're not available right now, I do not want to like, don't call me back in 20 minutes. I will have moved now on. Now or never. <laughs> yes. Um, which is like a, it's like a pretty finalist approach to things. <laughs> it's not great. But, um, I had this conversation with a friend of mine recently, just like, I just wanted her to know, um, this is how I am. And like, if I call you and it's like, and you're not available, A, that's okay. And mm-hmm. B, like, if you call me back and I don't want to talk about it at that time, that's also okay. Yeah. Uh, I found it to be very helpful to have that conversation, but for a long time, I like, wasn't sure how to even say that. Cause it felt so weird. And also like, I'm demanding your attention right now. And if you're not available right now, then forget it. Don't <laughs> just want like, you. It's just like a little petulant. <laughs> but uh, I know that like once when I'm ready to talk about it, I want to talk about it. And I and when yeah. I don't want to talk about it, I don't want to talk about it because I've like moved on from it. And I felt found a way to right. just like move forward and and then rehashing it at a time that I don't want to makes it feel like now, now I'm back in it and I like yeah. moved on. Um, is that something that has ever like come up for you before or with any of your clients or is there, <laughs> I mean, I think that we handled it pretty well, but like, is there another <laughs> way to address stuff like that? Is that a weird thing? No, I don't think it's a weird thing. I think it depends on um, like what your process is, right? So mm-hmm. like you just said, you know, if someone calls me back and I don't want to talk about it, it's because I've kind of like gone through and processed it and done something to like get me to a place where I feel okay with it. I think what I tend to see more often with people is they want to talk about something, but then that person doesn't answer or they're not available or whatever. And then they just kind of bury it, mm-hmm. right? They don't necessarily address it or try to process it or do anything else. They just kind of bury it and it's just there. Um, and they don't want to bring it up and then it kind of just builds and builds, um, or they resent that person like for not being available. Well, that's tricky. Yeah. That resentment. That's not cool. Yeah. So I think if you're in a place where it's like, Hey, I would like to talk to you right now, but if you don't answer, like I'm also fine (laughs) and I have all these other things that I can do to, to help me process this, then that's, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think it's good that you had that conversation because I could see on the other side of things. Like, if you did that to me, I'd be like, no, like, let's talk about it. You know, like, you wanted Mm. to talk. Like, I don't want you to be upset. Like, I'm here for you, whatever. Right. But if you're genuinely like, no, I'm fine, then Mm. that's good to know. So I think having that conversation is a good thing. How did the friend react to that or respond to that? Well, it was really great because she was like, I feel the same way. I'm, I do that too. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I thought this was really a weird, annoying selfish thing that I do (laughs) cool so it was just nice to like have that honest conversation (laughs) totally and now you kind of like understand her too or if she does that to you and then she doesn't want to talk about it you're like okay cool yeah um but yeah I think you know we all have like our own like little weird quirks and stuff it's just being more mindful of like if I don't want to talk about it now, is it because I'm just now I'm not in the headspace? Do I am I going to want to talk about it another time, or have I like actually done something else to address this, and I don't feel the need to really talk about it with anyone at this point? Yeah, 
I will have to reassess if I'm just burying it. Yeah, I think that's important <laughs> to, to pay attention to. <laughs> I know I'm not feeling resentful, but I tend to just move on to like, oh, there's something on TV. I'm fine now. I'm watching this right. TV I'm show. I'm distracted. Yeah, so you might just be distracting yourself. But I think it also depends on like what it is, right? I'll have situations sometimes where I'm upset or frustrated or whatever, and I call someone I want to talk because I'm all heated. But then if they don't answer and then 30 minutes later they call me back, I'm like, oh, I'm actually fine. I've, like, calmed down now. Yeah. It's really not that big of a deal. I don't need to, like, get myself worked up again. Yeah. Um, but those are for things that are, like, really not, at the end of the day, that important. Yeah. Um, whereas if something more significant, I'll either want to talk about it later or I have some other way to process through that. Yeah. It's good to know that. Okay. So we kind of touched on this for a moment, but what are some good coping skills to address your loneliness? Yeah. So like I mentioned, trying to engage in some sort of activity that sounds interesting um, or, you know, enticing to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think with that, like I said, try to take, you know, you can take it slow. You don't have to like jump in there and talk to every single person. Mm -hmm. You can just kind of hang out the first couple times. Um, But I think just like getting yourself out there is a good first step. Um, Shifting your perspective. We talk about perspective (laughs) a lot. Um, But uh, like I mentioned, typically, People that are lonely tend to have a more negative view of social interaction. So rather than focusing on any perceived rejection or negative parts of the social interaction or thinking about what could happen negatively, try to think about like the positives of that social interaction, how that could make you feel, the good things that could come from it, um, and try to just kind of shift that that perspective a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, If you have any relationships, uh, whether it's family, friend, whatever, someone that you maybe haven't connected with in a while, try to like reach out to that person and try to strengthen a relationship that you do already have that can often feel less intimidating than trying to find new friends. You know, even if you are, that's just one part, maybe you're also going out and joining some sort of club or whatever, but trying to strengthen some relationships that you do have can, um, obviously help you feel better in the short and the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you feel like reestablish that connection, which is helpful. Um, and I think then just talking to people, right? Like, especially if you are someone that maybe is going out and is social or is surrounded by people, they might not know that you feel this way mm-hmm. um, because you're not just like isolated in your home all the time. So letting people know whether that's a friends, family members, a therapist, you know, talking about how, you do feel and what you feel like you're missing from those relationships so that they can either just like support you and like, you know, kind of listen or be there for you, or they can help you like foster those relationships. And, you know, maybe they will be willing to like go out with you to this club or encourage you to do something. Um, Mm -hmm. So it can be helpful just obviously have that sounding board regardless of who it is. Yeah. And it seems like most importantly, like don't um, cut yourself off from everybody mm-hmm. as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, when it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Um, but even just getting out of your house, you know, even if you're not going to some sort of activity or event, like take a walk around your neighborhood, like mm-hmm. go to the grocery store, <laughs> go to Target, you know, like try to kind of put yourself out there and maybe just like have small interactions like 
comment on someone's top if you like it, you know, like just trying to kind of put yourself out there a little bit more. It's obviously not maybe going to form like a long lasting friendship with that person, but it can get you in a headspace where you're more willing to like try to have those more significant conversations or, you know, go out there and try to meet new people or whatever it might be. Yeah. Great suggestions. Yeah. I think we may have covered this topic. We've cured loneliness. We did it. (laughs) And everything's fine now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's uh, probably like quite a bit to that iceberg there, but that's like, that's a good start. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, again, just recognizing what it is you're looking for in relationships and rather than focusing on how you don't have those things, like, okay, well, how can I work towards those? And it can be baby steps, like everything kind of that we talk about, uh, but it doesn't have to be a forever thing. Um, And sometimes loneliness really is temporary just because of your circumstances. Like I said, maybe a move, a divorce, or like some sort of life change. Mm -hmm. But try not to withdraw and really like lean on the people that you do have, even if you aren't feeling like those connections are as deep as you would like them to be that doesn't mean that they can't be yeah so all right that's all i got thanks everybody for listening thank you bye Bye.